0: Welcome to Life in the Front Office. I'm your host, Jake Kirschman, Part Three with Ronnie Burton. Really excited to talk about a little uh, recruiting, student athlete transition. Uh, we're going to kind of dive into just how the how the industry is evolving and changing. Uh, you know, we were we were student athletes like we were talking about uh, back in the 2012, 20, you know, 2015, 2016 range, and. It's still, it's just evolving well, every day. So, Ronnie, welcome and, to the you know,
1: podcast. Learning in stride and getting to give a little bit of my thoughts, but uh, having a lot of fun.
0: So, I, I love the one thing you said in part one about kind of your story, getting injured, um, transferring schools. I mean, that's not easy, moving from place to place. Without putting you on the well, spot, how life, many places have um, you lived so we're far? We're
1: definitely close to 20 at this point yep um like i said my dad played in the nfl so he played for three teams um and so we moved around during that and then when he got out he's coached at multiple schools and then just my college career within itself and then you know moving in this industry it's it's and if you count summer ball destinations as well spending three or four months in a place like it's you know i'm i'm in the 20s right now in terms of my transitions but you know like i said it's it's allowed me to get exposed to so many different things and so many different people and and communities that it's it's been for the best
0: diversity of location experience uh transitions and let's talk about the transition piece it's it's something you know we all go through transitions and phases of life right whether it's from one job to the next whether it's from high school to college whether it's from a, you know a high school athlete to college athlete to professional athlete mm-hmm. or a college athlete to a job yep. uh and and no professional athletics right um may know something a little bit about that uh and and then ultimately the transition of you know like we were just kind of alluding to in in the first two parts of of your series here is Um, going from different parts of the industry from one to the next right so from from baseball operations to college athletics to um, fundraising I mean there's there's so many different layers uh, in which you can kind of pile on top of each other so um, let's talk a little bit about the recruiting aspect and what are kind of the one or two things that you would say you've learned the most from the recruiting process not only as an athlete but then on the other side of the coin when you're
1: You know, I've been blessed to to have a dad who is a college football coach. He's currently the defensive line coach at Michigan State. And then, like I said, all of my siblings went through the recruiting process as well as myself. But, you know, really understanding the difference between, you know, going to a school because you see yourself there um, to play a sport, but also understanding fit across the campus community. Um, You know, as... you are so fixated on this opportunity to potentially play like professional athletics. Right. And Sometimes you get very, very I call it like you get tunnel vision on on what an institution has to offer to you. And one of the things that that I learned throughout the process is, is, you know, don't don't go to a school simply because of an athletic experience. Look at it holistically. Right. And you have to look at it in terms of fit. Um, and actually, my brother and I, my brother Ryan played football at the University of Kansas, um, and then he went to Wash U for his master's. But we talk so much on how fit is so important and how recruiting is such an emotional thing. Right. Everything we do from now, if you look at social media, um, you look at how kids are building their brands, um, how universities are are building their brands and coaches are are utilizing social media to entice kids to come in with these crazy graphics of, of them winning the Heisman or being a first round pick. And, you know, you have everyone from the university of Alabama selling that dream where you do have maybe a higher likelihood likelihood of playing professional athletics down to poopoo swamp. You, uh, who is still trying to sell that their kid can go to the pros. Yeah. If you're good, people will find you. Um, but additionally, you know, in that same sense, it's like you have to understand that fit. Not every single kid can go to Alabama. Not every single kid can go to the University of Kansas. Not every single kid can come to the Air Force. It's understanding. You know, the three pillars. Like, what am I going to get? You know, number one, academically. Also, what am I going to get? Number two, socially. And number three is athletics. That's the last thing that should be on your list, right? Because eventually, the game will be taken away for everyone and also understanding your coaching staff and how they're going to recruit you. And then also understanding how to deep on campus because the recruit is so much about getting you there, that your reality, once you get there is always going to be different than what is sold. And some places do a great job of keeping those things consistent throughout that process. And some people don't, but you know, understand what's the best fit for you. You know, during my process, I went to the University of the Pacific, right? They were in the Big West at the time, about to transition to the WCC, TCU in Oregon. For me, I felt like a smaller Division One private school would have been a better because of some of the aspirations that I had in terms of balance, right? Yes, we spent a lot of time working out. Yes, we spent, you know, getting better and doing those things from an athletic standpoint, but socially, a smaller environment, where I could know people within my classes, where I could get to know my professors and also get the chance to maybe do some things outside of athletics that I typically wouldn't have maybe been able to do was very, very important to me. Um, Additionally, you know, I looked at the community. Like I like the small community. I like being able to go out and and put a name to the face of all my classmates, right? And so understanding that. um, Nowadays, you know, back when I started getting recruited in 2008, you know, in that time frame, social media wasn't what it was right now. I believe that there's a lot of smoke and mirrors that young people have to go through, because, you know, while b- being a student athlete is now partially building your brand on social, on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and TikTok. You know, I think it takes away from some of the real core values that educational institutions are. Instead of a student athletes are there to be at first and to graduate, and some of these other things are subsidiary. So really, as a young person, you have to look deep down inside and say, am I getting caught up in the hype, or am I really doing this for those three pillars I talked about before? Like, am I doing this for the academics? Am I doing this for for the social environment I'm going to be in? And then third, what's going to happen athletically? Because the game can be taken away from you at any moment. And the COVID-19, you know, whole crisis that we're in, look, senior... You know, and these athletes who got their seasons taken away just like that, and all they have left is that degree. So those are things that I really look into.
0: Exactly, and they didn't even they didn't even get injured. I mean, it, it, it's it's circumstances that are look when you get injured when you when something like this this crisis happens, it's all out of your control, right? So it's how do you control the things that you can control, and it's ultimately those decisions that you're talking about. I mean. I made the decision to go D three because I, I wanted kind of a similar experience to you from an academic standpoint, knowing that, uh, God forbid I got hurt one day, which I did. Then I had athlet you know, I had academics to fall back on and the amount that I was paying for school did not, uh, was not affected by whether I was healthy or not on, on the field. So, um, a lot of things can go into that decision. Right. And ultimately, um, it's, it's the the knowledge base that you you create or you have uh, through the process, but it's it's also informing yourself and mm-hmm. so you talked about knowing uh, the fit, right? Knowing the fit is is just as much asking the right questions mm-hmm. as it is asking yourself the right questions, right? I mean, you got to know you know, you, you talked about having the small class sizes, you talked about having a balanced experience. I mean, mm-hmm. you got to know what you want. And not everyone's going to know that, right? It's not it's not just all of a sudden going to come to you at the snap of the fingers. But think through some of those things. And uh, to your point in in part two of the episode, uh, it was, exactly. you know, reach out and ask, you know, the resources, right? Like, if if there's someone that you can figure out how to talk to other than your parents, right? Um, or other than your coach or whoever it might be, someone that's can, that can truly give you some unbiased, um, perspectives or oh, exactly. thoughts, and, right. That's probably the best route to go. Um, so when, when, when you talk about fit, what are some of those questions, no questions you ask if yourself?
1: I work here. Actually attend, right. <laughs> you have to ask yourself that question. That's, 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 it's, it's so basic. But yeah, I think that's so many number one. Athletes fail to do. That. You know, if this game were to get taken away tomorrow, do I see myself at this institution? Right. Um, you know, that's your first question. The second question is what is my end game? Right. And you have to take athletics out of that. If your end game is to be an engineer, am I at a math and science institution that can help drive me academically to become that electrical engineer, uh, that computer science major that I want to um, be? Not not exactly. one that just
0: has engineering is amazing. Exactly. But actually, so like, is that. known one for it, it, or specialized. Especially right? if you're
1: if you have great academics and you're a great athlete. There's things you can drive for yourself. So um, so for example, I know a lot of people will talk about you know the scandal at USC, the academic admission scandal, and people utilizing saying their kids are athletes to get. Them. But like you know this is not that. If you are an athlete who has aptitude and has the the grades and the performance on the field. Try to get in some reach schools, right? And so, like you know, let's say you've always wanted to go to Duke, and you're a high level athlete that's getting recruited by Division one schools. And I'm going to take baseball for example, because baseball has partial scholarships. Why not pursue that school? Reach out to that institution yourself. So many kids, I think, fail to realize. I think it's a it's not as prevalent now because we have the internet, um, but still. You know, there are a lot of coaches that answer their emails. There are a lot of school admissions reps that will get back to you. Like if there's an academic institution, like if you want to go to to Wharton and you want to go to Penn, for example, and you're a football player. I know from my research that there's a lot of football players who go to Penn that are working on Wall Street right now. And if that's if that's your dream to go to one of the best business schools in the world, you know, utilize your athletic ability to maybe go to a camp and check that institution out. Reach out to a missions rep. Tell them, like, hey, I'm a recruited athlete, and I'm interested into your in, into this institution. I know right now I might not have but, like, a 26 on my ACT and a 3.7, but what else do I can do to help myself get it? And reach out to a coach. Sometimes doing that initially yourself and understanding that maybe personal outreach can open doors that might, might as well not have been open um, because I'm an athlete, do so. Um, and so like, you have to look at that and that's knowing your end game. That's back to that thing. Like I, I tell people all the time that don't go to a school just to go to school to play your sport. Some, every institution on this planet is known for producing graduates who excel in certain areas, know where those are, right? If you want to be a pilot, consider the air force Academy, right? Consider Embry-Riddle, um, You know, if you want to be an environmental scientist, I don't know. University of Colorado has a great, you know, program in environmental science. Understand some of the academic offerings at every single institution you're interested in and then try to drive your outcomes through that first. Because, like, for example, the University of Michigan, the Ross School of Business. I know my dad coached at Michigan State and there's a rivalry there, but that's one of the best business schools in the world. If you can get into the Ross School of Business at Michigan and also play a to get the best degree you can like that's knowing your end game knowing that i'm utilizing this to get this other outcome you know from a business and professional standpoint that i otherwise wouldn't get anywhere else so understanding that yeah so knowing your
0: end game and and ultimately kind of that that first uh decision right that you know you really have to make kind of in your life uh from uh, mm-hmm. the standpoint that it's going to affect right the rest of your path mm-hmm. right now uh, I always like to say every decision you make the right decision right so just because you make it doesn't mean that it's uh, the not the right one but you're going to make it the right one um, and as we you know let's t- let's talk about now kind of that, that transition out of college and, and into the world right um, you know I feel for the seniors that are kind of in that space right now of of Okay, I'm graduating uh, there's a crisis going on, there's no jobs um, necessarily um, a- and you're ultimately thinking about, okay, pro sports isn't going on right now and and there's a lot of uncertainty, but when you boil it back and you know you think about the kind of the normal situation of um, uh, the real the reality and and the realistic situation of can you go pro in your sport or how are you maximizing your experience to ultimately uh take take the lessons, the skill sets, the experiences that you can build upon to then set yourself up for success? And I know we talk about that a lot, is just setting yourself up for success for the, when the opportunities do come, uh, like we talked about in part two of of getting those opportunities to interview and stuff well, like I think that, the that, that you are thing prepared to talk have about that stories transition.
1: to tell. Um prepare for it. And in my experience, the best thing that ever happened to me, uh, even though it was one of the toughest days is when Southern ended up cutting baseball in, in 2012 and me going to division three, Cal Lutheran um, because at that moment I realized that like, this is going to probably come to an end for me at, at one point or another. Um, it's time for me to begin that transition. Right. Um, and coming to a division three institution like Cal uh, where there's like 22, 2200 kids. Um, it's in a beautiful area, thousand Oaks, but like, the, the the expectations from an athletic standpoint were much more balanced. It gave me that opportunity to really develop an end game for myself and where I wanted to be post graduation. Um, you know, it's tough to kind of separate your athletic identity from a psychological standpoint and then transitioning into more of a a professional life. But that that off season during the fall of my my my, my senior year at Calu was the best time because for the first time in my life, I didn't, I wasn't, there's not a traditional, you know, fall practice period in D3. It's about three weeks. You practice three days a week and you have some weightlifting, but it gave me a lot of time to explain what I wanted to do. And so once again, I do a lot of inventories of my, of what I want and and who I am. It gave me time to do that and really start looking, okay, where do I want to go? What do I want to be? And it kept on coming back to, it, like, I want to work in sports. How can I do so? So I started plotting those strategies in my mind and writing them down and creating vision boards of who I wanted to be and where I wanted to be, you know, 12 months from now. One of those goals was if I happened not to be able to play professionally, which the odds were that I wasn't, I wanted to be working either for a team or an athletic department. And, and I was able to do that in August of 2013. Um, I got a job working as a recruiting assistant at Michigan State. But in all honesty, I don't think if I would have had that moment in the fall of 2012 where I really started looking towards my transition embracing for that, that identity change and that transition into professional life, I don't know if I'd be in that. I could have been playing indie ball somewhere or would have been out in Australia playing national baseball, still trying to figure it out. But for me, like I had to come to grips with you know, the game was going to end for me at some point, and now it was time to transition, and I was able to do that. Uh, during that time.
0: No, that's, that's a great example. As as we kind of wrap up this episode, and, and I'm looking forward to part four, uh, we're going to talk about kind of the logo you've got and your identity piece within working in sports. I think it's an interesting topic that we'll dive into. Um, you know, as we wrap up this episode, what's kind of... The one thing that you've learned from from that transition, not only from high school to college, but college to the to the career aspect of things, um, and something that you've been able to really build upon um, and, think and the kind biggest of take thing through your journey uh, that you learned early
1: on. Um, there are so much trial and error when you're trying to break in in, in the sports industry because of it is. Um, there's a lot of things that can happen that you just couldn't anticipate. You know, I would say this, being a coach's kid and having the background I did in sports, I think I was a little bit naive to how hard it was to get in because with the relationships I had, um, because my dad was a coach, um, I thought it'd be a little bit more of a straight line. But really, the biggest thing and the biggest takeaway was understanding things aren't linear. It's not going to be what you expect. Right. So prepare yourself for that. Uh, Prepare that like you might have to take an internship with no pay. Um, but that might be the best opportunity to get your foot in the door. But also when you get your foot in the door, take full advantage of that opportunity, because I believe what you put in is what you get out. Um, and if you put in massive action, you'll get massive results. And just realize, once again, it's not going to be linear. Right. Like if you learned anything about my career path, a lot of people would look at me and say, why didn't you stay in baseball or why didn't you stay in college athletics for when you started at Michigan State or why didn't you do this? I said, well, honestly, I was taking really the opportunities that were presented to me because there's so few and far between, right? That sometimes the best thing you can do is to leverage the current opportunity that you get and then kind of let that lead the way um, into the back. There's no direct path, right? There's no linear path. And I think if you talk to many people in this industry and in this transition into professional life, realize that it's not going to be linear. But some of the things you learn as a student athlete, such as overcoming adversity, being creative, uh, leadership skills, things come into play uh, when you're looking to transition into career life.
0: No, that's perfect. Um, Couldn't have said it any better. Uh, Really looking forward to part four and part five. Um, Ronnie, thanks again.